Hey guys, it's Dawn. If you would like to hear the How My Parents Raised Me podcast ad-free, and if you would like access to subscriber-only episodes, join me in the What's the Truth community. You can join via the Apple Podcast app. There's a link right there in the app. Or go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. Links are in the show notes. Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I was hurting so much inside, emotionally and mentally, that I wanted to, I would rather physically feel the pain. So when I self-harmed, I I was cutting myself. So I would cut myself. And then for those few minutes after I'd done it, instead of my mind and my heart hurting, my arm was hurting or my leg was hurting. So that was easier for me to deal with physical pain than it was to deal with what was going on inside. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me, I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls and the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives and that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you, what makes you the absolutely unique human that you are. Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story, what happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. 
Hey, beautiful souls. I'm chatting with Sharina on the podcast this week. Sharina got her first boyfriend at 14 and he was much older than she was. And she decided to leave home to live with this man. This relationship was difficult and Sharina was manipulated into believing that nobody else was there for her. And he told her that if she left him, she would be isolated. Even her mum, she didn't believe that her mum was going to be there for her. And 14 is so, so young. This scenario is terrifying for anyone, but for a 14-year-old teen, it was life-changing. There were some real low points in Sharina's life, including episodes of self-harm, and Sharina didn't even expect to survive those years. And what stands out in this story is how one person changed everything. One friend who turned up to her house when Sharina was at her lowest, one person who forced her to get out and live for a day, set Sharina on a new path and allowed her to make the changes that she needed to live life on her terms. Please join me in hearing Sharina's story. Sharina, welcome to the podcast. You are Mindful Soul Collective on Instagram and you are a counsellor and coach who is empowering women to live with purpose and self-love. I know this role of coaching women comes from your own life journey and struggles and wanting to help others going through what you have already experienced. You were brought up by your mum and your dad wasn't around. Can you tell us a little bit about what life was like growing up as a little kid? Yeah, sure. So honestly, my childhood itself was pretty normal. Like you said, my dad wasn't around. So it was kind of just my mum, but we had a close family friend that kind of took that father role and he lived with us for a couple of years. But yeah, everything was kind of normal. My mum worked really hard. She was a single mum and there was three of us. I have another brother now, but at that time there was only three of us and you know she worked really hard to give us everything that we wanted and needed so yeah my childhood itself was kind of the normal same thing as everybody else would go through. I believe at age 14 things changed quite drastically for you what happened at age 14? Yeah, sure. So when I turned 14, I got my first real boyfriend, which at the time was very exciting, but it just did not go very well at all, which we will get into. But my mum didn't really approve of that relationship. He was quite a bit older than me. Now that I look back and reflect on it, I can definitely see where she was coming from. But at 14, I just thought she was against me. And I, it just changed who I was. I started lying, you know, I was encouraged to sneak out at night to go and meet him. I just, I changed who I was when I got into this relationship with, he was an adult, like he was older, a lot older and he just, I was quite manipulated and yeah, that changed who I was. And in the end, it pretty much, I ended up being kicked out when I was 14, I was almost 15 and I got kicked out and I have lived out of home since then. So I finished high school living. I lived with that boyfriend for a little bit, but obviously that relationship ended. Yeah, so I lived alone and that really just changed everything. Wow, that's huge, isn't it? And yeah. so what was the communication like between you, you and your mum at that time? I mean, because it sounds like you got along quite well with her as a little kid and then yeah. were, you, were you just not 
communicating at all or yeah so pretty much as kids we we were quite close we were actually even now we're still the same person just in two bodies we're very similar and when I got this boyfriend I was like I said I was kind of manipulated encouraged it was just all wrong and I couldn't see any other path than following because at that age I just didn't really know any different so when I started doing that I just kind of cut my mum out of that sort of situation I stopped talking to her about what was happening and what I was doing and kind of put a like what's the saying a gate on my path or whatever so she just had no idea what I was doing and then when I got kicked out she actually kind of did it did it as a bit of a scare tactic so she said well you know follow my rules or you can leave and I (laughs) I left and then I was with my partner for about a week and After that week, she kind of said, you know, you're welcome home, that sort of thing. So she tried to mend that, but because I'd already gone out there and I just, I sat and I didn't want to go home. So, you know, she tried to repair that relationship, but I wasn't willing at that time to do anything other than what my mind was set on, which was just my whole life was surrounded, like revolved around this this boyfriend that I had so we didn't talk my mum and I for a little while she'd check in every now and again but it definitely wasn't the same until I broke up with the partner really which was a couple years wow yeah and 14 is so young I mean you are still just a child aren't you at 14 I mean you don't think you are yeah. at 14 but when you see 14 year olds it's like oh my gosh that's yeah like scary. I look at I look at 14 13 year olds now and I think you've got no idea and to think that at that age I was I was doing it by myself like I was still in obviously in high school and I finished high school while working full-time at McDonald's to pay my rent and it's just crazy you know I probably like I could have gone home my mum wanted me to go home but at that time I couldn't see anything else other than being with this partner so yeah everything just revolved around him and that really just changed everything for me in those years yeah wow and so were you live did you say you were living with him yeah so when I originally so got got kicked out I went and lived with him up until we broke up which was a couple years really and then after that I had an older brother so I was able to go live with him for about six months and then after that I was by myself completely wow and so was your old did you say an older brother Yeah. yeah so was he a bit like a mentor was he someone that you could turn to yeah definitely at that time even now yeah he was kind of the only other person like my mum could have been there for me but at that at that time I wanted I personally didn't want to talk to my mum about anything because she was so against every decision I'd made which now I look back on and can see why she was against all of that but yeah at that time my brother was kind of the only other person really older than me that could help me in that scenario yeah it sounds like you were pretty tough. Like, it sounds like you were pretty strong. You know, like a lot of kids would just go, oh, I'll just go back home then. But you were like, what sort no. of he- headspace do you think you were in, like at that age of being a teenager? What, you know, were you really lonely? Were you, how did you cope with that time? So honestly, it was such a dark time of my life. You know, when I first started dating that partner we were together happily for about six months and then that's when he kind of changed um the relationship got quite abusive in all different ways and I just kind of went down into a dark place really it just got worse and worse 
And honestly, I just, I didn't want to be alive. Like from ages 15 to 17, I would self-harm and I just couldn't see any better in my life. I just thought I was always going to be that sad and that angry and that alone. And yeah, it was just a really, really dark time of my life. Yeah. And it's very young to be having to deal with that, isn't it? Haven't got any sort of experience to draw from at that age. It's really, yeah, it's really kind of a difficult place to be in. And so when you feel like that low, I guess it's like, you expect to almost be treated badly. Is that that how it was? It's kind of like a cycle, isn't it? Where you've got so little self-worth and then someone comes along and treats you that way. It's almost like you feel like that's what you deserve. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. So, you know, I was cheated on a lot. I was emotionally abused. I was pushed around. It was abusive in kind of all ways. And even now I reflect on it and he was an adult he was older than 18 and I was a child and we were sleeping together so there was guilt around I was made to feel guilty around that if I didn't do things that he wanted and at the time I just thought that's how it was I thought that's how love was I didn't know any different I was a child so I just thought that's how life was going to be And obviously, now that I'm older and I'm way past that, I know that that's definitely not right. But at that time, I just, that was my life. That that was the best that my life was ever going to get. And I was, my self-worth, my self-esteem, my confidence, everything was just shit (laughs) because of that relationship. Yeah. And so the Mm self-harm, what what sort of leads you to start self-harming? What is the... What is, is it just the outlet of, is it feeling, feeling something? What is. Yeah. So for me personally, I know that people do it for different reasons, but for me personally, I was hurting so much inside emotionally and mentally that I wanted to, I would rather physically feel the pain. So when I self-harmed, I was cutting myself. So I would cut myself. And then for those few minutes after I'd done it, instead of my mind and my heart hurting, my arm was hurting or my leg was hurting. So that was easier for me to deal with physical pain than it was to deal with what was going on inside. Wow. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Oh, wow. That's a lot for a little, a little tiny girl to be dealing with. It's so hard, isn't it? When you look back at that, that time and I guess you don't have any idea of any of this, like you said, it is just like, your normal life as a a teenager and you've got no idea that you can kind of get out of it it's like you're just trapped in this very dark place isn't it like you don't sort of feel like there's any way out that's exactly how I felt like like I said before like that was just my life I did not think that it was getting any better and at that time I did not think I would be sitting here at 27 years old I didn't think I would be alive anymore because I didn't want to be alive. Each day that came in, like each day that I had, I thought I was just one step closer to the day where I would commit suicide or something would happen to me. Like I just did not think I would be where I am now, especially with kids and businesses and houses. And, you know, I'm obviously not that person I am. I was, but 
I just couldn't see anything other than sitting alone, crying as a child, feeling so alone. Like that was my life. And I could not see outside of that tiny little bubble I was in. I'm just wondering if you could go back and say something to that girl. I wonder, what would you say to her? Is there anything that you could say or that anybody could say to a, a girl in that situation? I'm just sort of thinking. I mean, it's the only thing I can think of, which is so cliche, but like it gets better. It, mm. Everything you go through is for a reason. And like, I want to be where I am now. If I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have learned those lessons. And like I said, it's so cliche, but everything you go through, you're going to go through. You, you will survive it. It may be hard and yeah, you may struggle, but it's going to be okay and you'll figure it out. So if I could go just say it's going to be okay and just give her a big hug because I think that's all I needed at the time and nobody was there and able to do that for me. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And it's interesting even that you got that low that you still didn't want to reach out to your mum. It's kind of, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you think yeah. that you just get to a point where I'm just going to go home. I'm just going to, I'm just going to reach out to mum. You know? I kind of, in the relationship, I was just made to feel like there was no nobody else in my life. So he was the only person that could help me. That's how I seen it. And that's how, how he made me feel like, I remember being told that nobody else cared, that I would be alone if I left and I was unworthy and I wasn't good enough and all those things. So at that time, I just didn't think my mum cared, which is crazy to think about because of course she cared. And now like talking to her now, because we're very close now, she's my best friend. I know that during those years were the hardest years of her life because she didn't know what I was going through, but I just did not think she cared because that's the way that he made me feel. Wow. That's a huge influence, isn't it? On a, you know, that's, and it's a real manipulation that, that you were going through there because yeah. just, just being told that nobody else cares about you. It's quite scary. And I know in your blog, you talk about a friend who came to your house one day and just made you get up and made you get out of the house can you tell us a bit about that friend yeah. and, and how that changed things for you? Yeah, of course. So the friend that came over, I when I left that partner, I lived with my brother for about six months and then lived by myself. But when I went back to living by myself, he kind of came back and then he'd leave and then he'd come back. And it was kind of an on-off situation because I had a bit of a dependence on him. I didn't think I would be able to live without him in my life. 
but towards the end of it where I was I personally was just done with it I was still in that really dark place I had all those thoughts going through my mind and my friends would check in and they'd send messages and things they'd try and get me to go out to lunch and go to well at that time I was 17 so they were all partying and you know going to parties and school dances and all that sort of stuff that teenagers do and I wouldn't go to anything so one morning um, I woke up to a banging on my door and again I lived by myself so it was a bit weird for that to be happening so I got up and had a look through the little hole in the door and it was my friend so I opened the door and she came in and she just she was blunt she just said get dressed we're leaving the house today and I kind of just sat there and I was like I really just I don't want to I don't feel like and she's like I don't care. You've been here for, I think it was about a week or so. I hadn't gone anywhere. I hadn't even gone outside my house and seen sunlight. I kind of just went to shut her up because I just didn't want to deal with it. So I just, I went, we had some lunch and it was literally just so that she would leave me alone. And then after I felt better, I didn't, you know, it didn't fix everything, but I just felt like there was like a little glimmer of hope inside me and that one outing that I did not want to go to and I only went to to shut my friend up gave me that hope to know that you know it can be better there are people that care about me this friend who I'm not necessarily that close with anymore either nothing happened we just drifted apart but she saved my life that day it's really that simple she didn't she didn't she didn't even do anything she just made me go and eat lunch with her outside of my house but that day was a turning point in my life and that's what I needed I just needed somebody to force me to get out of my house and realize there's a whole world out there my world wasn't just around this person that made me feel horrible so yeah she she literally just changed my life yeah yeah and I love that because there's a lot of strength in somebody doing that isn't there like it's not easy to go in and demand somebody gets out of the house you know it's not easy you kind of I mean if you think someone not coping often you you're like oh well I'll just tiptoe around them and I'll just I'll let them do what they want to do but sometimes you need to be that person that just says right you know this has got to change we're getting out of the house and how wonderful to have had that person that was caring enough that they wanted to change something for you that day yeah and and those people are like angels aren't they that come along into our lives and just help us through yeah really dark time yeah I definitely I don't think I would be here if it wasn't for that that day and like I said it's something so insignificant she probably she she wouldn't even think of that that's how that's the impact that she had on me that day but it's a day that I'll always remember and I still remember sitting there and forcing myself to eat my lunch with her and we didn't really talk we didn't do anything but yeah it just she saved my life so yeah (laughs) yeah wow and so what happened after that then so you've you've kind of come home and it's put a little bit of spark in you about what could be what what did you do next so that afternoon I just did my usual thing and just kind of went back and laid in bed but the next morning I woke up and thought you know I just don't want to feel like this anymore that was literally it I just woke up I decided that I don't want to feel like this anymore I don't want to keep doing this to myself obviously there would be a lot I would have to go through and I have to figure my life out and figure how to live with this pain because that's all that I felt at the time was this pain but 
there was more for me out there. There was at least one other person that cared, which was the friend. And yeah, so the next day I just, instead of laying in bed, I got up out of bed, I opened up my windows, I got dressed. I didn't go anywhere the next day, but I did a lot more than what I had been doing. And then each day it was just one extra thing and then one extra thing. And then I was back at school and I was back at work. And then before I know it, it was just, I was living my life again. So it was just one one extra thing each day. And they're just little things like that first day, I actually brushed my teeth properly. I brushed my hair. I washed my hair. I hadn't washed my hair in weeks. So it's just those little things that you just let go when you're struggling that bad. So getting on track with the little things and then you can build up to the big things. So, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Just that one tiny little bit of hope just changed everything for you. And yeah. And so you weren't with this partner still at that point, were you? No. And he, he's been gone. I haven't, he's out of my life since that day. Yeah. 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 So was it easy to have him out of your life? I mean, or was he trying to be around for longer or, I mean, it sounds like it was quite an intense relationship. It was quite intense. So we kind of were on and off again after I did move out with him. But after that, when I decided that I wanted better, that in my mind, that was the end of that relationship. I blocked him on everything. I told my friends, don't even say his name around me. And it was hard. It was really hard because I truly didn't think I had anybody else in my life besides him. I didn't think I would ever have another partner because that's what I was told. I was told I'd be alone and I was told that I wouldn't be able to do anything or achieve anything. And I I still believed it. I left him and I still believed that that's how my life was going to be. But in my mind, I just thought I couldn't get any worse than what I, even if I am alone or even if I'm not achieving anything, at least I'm not stuck with him being told that day in, day out. So it was really hard. And still now those I can still remember him saying those things to me. And if something goes wrong, it might pop up in my head of him saying that, you know, I'm not good enough. So those things still pop up in my life now, 10 years later, and there's still things that I work through. And I think there'll always be things I'll I'll have to work through and they'll probably pop up for the rest of my life. But I've come a long way since that. And although it pops up, I know that he actually didn't know who I was. He didn't know what I could do. He doesn't even know who I am now. I'm a completely different person. So why should his opinion of me when he met me was 13 years ago? Why is that? Why do I still let that affect me now? That's kind of where I'm at. So if that comes into my mind, I'm like, he doesn't even know who I am. He doesn't know whether I'm good enough or not. It's not about the fact whether I am good enough or not. It's the fact that he would have no idea. He didn't even know then. Why would he know now? So it's still a battle, you know, the things still pop up and through my relationships after him, there was a lot of issues and I don't think any of them were ever destined to work because I hadn't figured it out myself yet. So he cheated on me through all those years and every relationship that came and followed, I thought they were all cheating on me. Some of them were, but in my mind, I just thought nobody, I couldn't trust anybody ever again. And that was up until six years ago when I met my partner now and when I met him it's just everything's different I'd obviously come to a place where I was ready to let that go and ready to open up properly and now I'm in the best relationship I've been in and you know we've got kids together we're engaged and 
you know, it's completely different now. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And it's so amazing to find that person, isn't it, that that is that person for you? Because you can, like you say, you can go through so many relationships and you do learn out of all of those relationships but it's hard going when you're going through it isn't it you just <laughs> yeah. it's like where is my person where's the person that it's actually gonna love me and I suppose you have to feel like you deserve to heal I think like you have to feel like you're worthy in order yeah, to yeah exactly before I met Carl, my fiance, I'd got into a place where I was just happy being me. I'd finally accepted who I was and where I was at. I knew that I wanted to help other people and I wasn't sure how I was going to do it at that point. But, you know, I, I knew where my life was going. I had good friendships and everything was just good. And that's when I met him. So I think when we can find it's I mean, I'm sure everybody says this, but when you're happy with yourself and you love yourself first, that's when you're going to meet the person that is going to love you because you love you. So how could they not love the true you? So, yeah. hundred percent, a hundred percent. It really is so important. And I see people all the time who are sitting in that sort of lower vibration of feeling low and unhappy with themselves and, wanting something more but you can't attract that when you feel that low it's not until you you lift your vibration you start feeling that love for yourself and I guess it's about having your own voice isn't it and being able to use your voice in the world which I think you wouldn't have been doing when you were being manipulated by this person How strong do you feel your voice is now? I think my voice is incredibly strong. And I think if you meet anybody that knows me, uh, especially my mum or Carl, my partner, they they would laugh at this question because (laughs) I've done a lot of work on myself to be the person I am now. And I'm really proud of how far I've come. I am happy to speak openly about what I've been through and the experiences without any shame or guilt. And, but then there's also other things that I speak out about quite strongly, like environmental issues and women's rights. So it's not mental health is very important to me. And I speak very strongly about that. Like if you jump on my Instagram page, you'll know how, how passionate I am about that. But I'm passionate about everything I care about. So when in that relationship, I had no voice. I didn't have any voice at all, not even to him or, or to myself. I just had no voice. Whereas now I am probably the strongest voice in the room. <laughs> yeah. And how wonderful is that? That's, yeah. That's just such a beautiful cycle to have been in, isn't it? To, yeah. to find your voice again and using it for all the most beautiful of reasons. It's tough listening to Sharina as she shares her story she was so young and vulnerable and she'd not learned that she had a voice in the world let alone use her voice in the world in part two of our chat next week Sharina is sharing about how her inability to speak up saw her in labor with her first child for five days make sure you tune in next week for the conclusion of this chat I'll catch you then 
thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you are ready to manifest and create the life you really want for yourself, please go to dawnchitty.com. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at my big love project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week.